What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Welcome back to the Underrated Podcast. This is a podcast where we discuss films that are underrated, unappreciated, or ones that have slipped under the radar and passed most people by. We are the Undercast Company, and made up of the three of us, your co-hosts, Alan Torres. Hey, what's up, everybody? How's it going? Ariel Ortiz. Hello. And myself, Derek McDuff. Uh, these last couple weeks, we have been delving into some older films as part of our mini-series called Vintage Collection. Each of us have picked a film from before 1970 that we wanted to discuss, one that might be forgotten or just kind of slipped on the radar, um, a cult classic, and one of my favorite films from this time period that maybe has must maybe a little popular time, but people don't remember it so much these days. Uh, is the film Zulu, uh, which is what we're going to be talking about today, which is a 1964 historical epic film um, uh, depicting a battle between the Zulu kingdom and uh, the British army. This was my pick, but before I go too much into it, uh, I wanted to hear what Ariel and Alan thought of it. Yeah, it's a very epic movie. Um, I first watched this movie... um... In my freshman year of high school, actually, in world history, we were shown it. It's always been a very interesting thing. By that time, like, I knew Michael Caine, first introduced with uh, Muppet Christmas Carol, as of course. And then, um, but by this time, by the time I watched the movie itself, our, he was already Alfred in, in the Great Dark Knight trilogy. So it's a very interesting thing to see him in ver- in one of his very, very early roles. Um, Introducing Michael Caine, the opening credits. Say. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And um, and he's like third tier listed as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. for that reason. And so, yeah, it is a very it cool thing to see him in this role. Um, it's always been such an epic movie. It you know the contents of the of the war very much akin to like. Uh, you could say the Middle Eastern war wars, like where not really a war that should have happened. Also, mm-hmm. Vietnam, uh, not not really a war that should have happened, but you know had these had these like battles to them, and this one very much akin to um, the Battle of El- the Alamo in in U.S. history of of like underdog kind of regime of soldiers kind of going against like an epic amount of foes and just kind of making it out by just their wits and their strategy and kind of like in this movie kind of it's depicted the the zoo wars kind of like stop fighting them because they kind of like recognize that 
one, they're they're dwindled very low, <laughs> but so they're not really the threat threat anymore. But two, also kind of like out of respect. Yeah, so like with the Michael Caine character, kind of like starting off as an arrogant kind of man, soldier, thinks he's the best in a way, but then also kind of becoming humbled and, and caring for his men in the end. And definitely, like I said, like uh, awesome, epic fights of just like the the cinematography in itself. Really mm-hmm. incredible. Kind of get, get you get that sense of like as, you know, kind of a epic as like the lord of the rings kind of like at helm's deep mm-hmm. feel of, of a of a, a battle but yeah yeah so for me um i i still enjoyed it now it, since you know last time i watched it i think going on 12 years now so yeah um yeah it definitely i i went in i didn't have, i had no idea what it was woke up this morning and i just like popped it on right away and i was like all right We'll see what it is. Like I, I all I knew was that Michael Caine was in it from the cover on Roku, and I was like, okay, and that was it. And yeah, this definitely would have been a perfect movie to show in high school mm-hmm. for world history. Like you literally said it. Uh, you you read my mind. I was thinking the same thing. I was like, yeah, dude, this feels like something I would have saw in high school because there's not a lot of gore. You know, yep. there's a lot of dudes getting shot with no bullet holes. And then the, 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 just the move back of uh, yeah, like, yeah, you know, like classic, very sixties. Although the slump. spear, the blood and the, mm-hmm. the spears, I thought I think was a lot more than you would see at the time. But yeah, mm-hmm. my favorite was a guy. He was he was trying to shoot better, so he got on top of a barricade, and then he got shot, and then he did the aerial set. He went, Ooh. yeah, he turns back. <laughs> And then he goes, my leg. And I was like, what? I thought you guys shot like in the fucking chest or like in the shoulder. He just like, my leg from like SpongeBob. And I was like, oh. <laughs> but, yeah. I, um, yeah. I didn't expect it to be an epic. You know, I thought it was going to be a movie, you know, the size of a tangerine kind of thing. <laughs> and uh, had to throw it in there. And uh, yeah. Very, very epic music and very epic mm-hmm. opening as well. Yeah. With the mm-hmm. Zulu kind of thing, yeah. <laughs> Just on fire fucking coming straight at the screen. Yeah, it like straight up came at me. I was like, just, it was like 8 in the morning and I was like, oh, okay, we're here. <laughs> cool. Like, I was like, alright, war movie? Sick. Yeah, I I, I think I, I, I dug it. I thought it was pretty cool. I felt it was a very kind of just straightforward film. I mean, mm-hmm. like, I know, I know we did the other two. Uh, with Peeping Tom and the Uninvited, and I feel like those there were a lot more. Uh, there was a lot more going on, I guess, like character-wise, like it was a lot more deep. While this one was kind of more like, look at the production, look how big and epic it is, kind of thing. Where I honestly love that aspect of like older films where they feel fucking grand, like mm-hmm. they feel huge, and they feel like. Like, I'm not going to lie, like, when I saw, like, you know, uh, those old, the same thing, like, 60s epics, where, like, Ben-Hur, um, Ten Commandments, and all that stuff, where, like, they just feel fucking huge. Like, I feel like, I, I even as a kid, I was like, did these actually happen? Because just the production is fucking in- insane. Mm-hmm. So, like, seeing that, you're almost like, holy shit. But, yeah, this, this one I dug, I, I feel like... It, yeah, I don't know. I kind of want to know a little bit more about it, like, because again, I, I went 
you kind of blind. So I was kind of like, okay, war movie. All right, cool. Sounds good. Mm-hmm. I did feel that it was a little slow at the start. Like I was mm-hmm. like, okay, all right. I see where it's going. And then, you know, right after that first hour mark, it like picks up and then like everything starts kind of coming together and you're like, ah, okay. But yeah, I, I, I enjoyed Michael, uh, Michael Caine's character. I really enjoyed the, the thief character. I'm pretty sure everyone probably Hook. loves that guy. Hook, yeah, Hooky. Hooky, yeah. I knew it too. I was like, watch, this guy's going to be like the shit. He's going to get like a Medal <laughs> of Honor, a Purple Heart, whatever. And he did, and I was like, oh, fuck, okay, cool. Like, <laughs> I swear that guy, I've seen him somewhere. He has such a recognizable smile. Like, he made a lot of fucking great faces during his battles, his fight scenes. I was like, dude, I've seen this fucking dude, or I think he has, like, a son or something that's acting. Or, I don't know. He looks so familiar. It was driving me mad. But, yeah, he, he, he was really great. At first, I was like, man, you're kind of a scumbag. And then over time, I was like, damn, okay, this guy, like, redeemed himself in my eyes. I was like, this guy's dope. I like him. He's really cool. <laughs> yeah, Michael Caine, same thing. Like, Ariel was saying that, like, he had that, like, arrogance. And he was super, like, and you notice his evolution. Like, at first, he's very flamboyant. And he's very, like, ah, oh, you know, posh. And he's like, yeah, that, that's a good lad kind of thing. Uh, there's a gentleman. And I was like, oh, okay. And then over time, like, you see, like, at the end of the movie where he's just like do you feel like this like do you feel sick and all that and i was like damn like i feel like everything happens right at the end like all everything gets everything i think you wanted at first in the beginning the first hour that you're kind of like what's going on okay i get it this is this finally kind of gets wrapped up nicely at the end so yeah i dug it yeah but i want i kind of want to know a little bit more from your guys' aspect, because like, like I said, I, I knew barely anything about it. Yeah, for me, this is, like I said, this is a movie that I was trying to think of for a while, like what movie I wanted to cover for this miniseries, and I was, and I had forgotten, like, I, same thing with, like, Ariel, where I hadn't seen this movie in so many years, and I was like, oh man, I remember loving Zulu. And I think, I hate it when people say, oh, you know, they just don't make movies like they used to. But I gotta give it, like, there. it's actually true here. Like you were, you guys were both saying, this movie is a fucking epic. Like, it is, the scale of it is just so humongous. Like, there's no way that today you would really get a movie that looked this, this grand. And sure, there's still movies that you spend however many hundreds of millions of dollars on, and they look fantastic, but they're not this visceral and just, like, like re- like where you're not going to get like thousands of extras and you're not going to burn down your entire set like you would in this one and it's just the way it's shot too with like the widescreen and everything these historical epics that existed you named a bunch of the great ones Alan you know there's also stuff like Bridge on the River Kwai and all these really great historical epics that have kind of they were definitely at their height here in the 60s you got all these you the your Lawrence of Arabia's and all these these just grand epics, these historical films. And then they kind of, over the next couple of decades, dwindled and dwindled. And you had, like, Gladiator and Braveheart in the 90s and early 2000s. And then you had your Lord of the Rings, which is a fantasy epic more than a historical epic, but it still had that same, at least, huge feel to it. 
And then you had a few epics, this kind of last gasp, but they all kind of were these famous failures that because they're so expensive, they ended up losing a lot of money. You had Troy, you had Master and Commander, and you had Alexander. And that's not to say necessarily that those films aren't of a particular quality or anything, but they they kind of just didn't make money. And we really haven't seen an epic since. I am curious to see when Ridley Scott comes out with his Napoleon, if it is going to be a grand scale epic like this. But it was so cool to just get taken back to this time when movies were like this. They were just like you would see them in the widescreen and widescreen was something you could only get at the theater. There were no widescreen TVs. It was this this new kind of thing and just getting to see just like a thousand fucking dudes up there just all these people dying and just explosions and shooting people. And the, the effects might not have been like necessarily the greatest like we're talking about. They didn't even have squibs or anything. But just seeing the grand scale of it is truly something to behold and almost entirely shot on location. This was shot in South Africa with the exception of a couple scenes that were done in the interior of the church. It was all done on location they actually had all of the extras were of the Zulu tribe that I thought was really cool because that was something I was a little worried going back to about this. I was like, this is a movie from the 60s about a bunch of like British dudes against a bunch of Zulu people. And I'm like, how is it going to look? But I think actually it fares pretty well. I think that this movie comes, when it comes down to it, is very anti-imperialistic. It is at the end kind of saying like, the British, like you mentioned, Ariel, this is a war they should not have been involved. This is something they mm-hmm. should not have done. The, the, they do not come out looking good in this movie. The Zulus, I think, because this movie kind of sparked my interest in years and years back, the Zulu culture and just kind of being very interested in that. I remember, I don't know if you guys remember that show Deadliest Warrior, but they did a Zulu episode and it was just like, oh man, yeah, go mm-hmm. Zulu. You know, Yeah, dude, I, I love that show. They, they right? even put a... Uh, uh, British helmet on the mannequin that they use the Zulu weapon on. That's so That's cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The movie. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so it's you know the Zulu they they are treated with such respect to the point where um, the Zulu chief in this movie or the Zulu king in this movie is actually the kind of current chief of the Zulu people because and he's actually also the grandson of the guy he's playing the great grandson of the guy mm-hmm. he's playing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought that was like a little cool thing. So they really did have a lot of respect for the culture. And when they come, it's not just like 300 or something where it's like these these evil invading armies. They are treated really respectful. And at the end, the British are kind of like looking around. And they see, like you mentioned, with Michael Caine kind of reflecting, like, I feel sick. You have the guy doing the roll call and he's just going down the list and just so many people are dead. And it's like. What was the point of any of this, of defending this random crag of land that we stole from the Zulu people? And it's just like, yeah, just all this death and destruction feels so pointless. And for being such a huge war epic, it's so anti-war and anti-imperialism. And that really, it, it, it was something that resonated with me when I first saw this, when I was a teenager, but so much more now being quote unquote grown up and having seen so many more things in the world and the fact that they were able to make this much of an anti kind of British anti imperialistic movie in the sixties, I thought was pretty pretty um forward thinking. 
Yeah, it definitely gives out feels of like a, a ladder movie to this mm-hmm. movie of um like Full Metal Jacket in a way, like yeah. where that that movie ends very much so with with the main character having that still that that sense of feeling of like what's even the point of this? There's no point to this this horror that that calling back to another uh, good uh, movie as well with the I was about to say Heart of Darkness Apocalypse now. But but yeah, like um, it is. It just gets that feel of like the majority of war, you know, being pointless, and 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 it was definitely a very high concept for this movie to make. Like it's definitely something that that's a lot more easier to. I don't want to say talk about, but come to mind in a writer's mindset of like war. You know, the negativity of war being some pretty much like outweighed mo- mainly and mo- for the majority of the time to the positive of war. And yeah, so so definitely it's it's just like with this especially coming out in the 60s was probably a call to also and and, and, and uh, commentary also to to probably like the war that was going on in the 60s. In a way, which Michael Caine, like I think, if I'm remember correct, like he was very much like a he he still is like kind of like an advocate to that kind of thing. He he's he's very much a hippie, <laughs> and um, well, well, people know that. Yeah, and so so yeah, so it it definitely I wouldn't be surprised if that was also their inspiration as well with telling this movie of making that impression on on the the audience at the time as well of like the not fragility the like um you know the fertility the the how fertile um war could be you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i think the biggest thing that kind of like was surprising is because you know it is of its time and people of that time very racist <laughs> and I was like shocked that like I was kind of like the majority of the film I was like I really don't want the British to win like I was like yeah like mm-hmm. I kind of was a little like worried I was like is this gonna be like pro like kind of British thing because it felt very Alamo ish as well mm-hmm. I was like wait yeah, I, I, I I hope they don't <laughs> win kind of yeah. thing and then and then uh because I was like that that looks really bad. But I, I'm glad that, like, even that kind of sense was pretty ahead of its time that, like, you know, they showed that they're like, yeah, dude, they they, they did the best they could. They technically lost. I mean, there's no way of winning at all. And mm-hmm. I appreciate that, like, that the they showed the compassion of the Zulu warriors, like, to be like, yeah, dude, like, we have this in the bag. Like, there's no fucking way you're going to win. But at least they were still like, we can come and fucking kill you, or we can just have enough compassion to be like go home like just fuck off you know and especially at that time sometimes they villainize people of like different countries or or nations and especially in films of that time where i'm just like yeah that's not gonna roll well nowadays Uh, you know obviously because back then people were very backwards thinking but yeah i was very shocked about that i was like that's awesome like i'm glad it it came to that conclusion And, and i'm like like ariel was saying it's very anti-war and and you know i mean what just 20 years before it was the biggest fucking world war you know Mm -hmm. on the planet so i'm pretty sure 
it, it resonated with many veterans that probably went through the same thing where they're like, what the fuck was the point of this? Like, why am I here? I mean, I can't say, you know, I've never been in war or anything like that, so I'm really glad. I would but, say the only war that actually mattered might have been World War Two, but... <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, but... I, I yeah. mean, in the sense of, like... Just, it, uh, yeah. <laughs> like, it just sucks that it happened, you know? I'm, I'm yeah, glad yeah. that mm-hmm. things worked out. To yeah. Anything, I guess, yeah. But, but yeah, like, it just sucks that we have to get to that as as humans that we go we go through the same fucking thing over and over and over again and it's like war is never great like it's never mm-hmm. people die it's horrible destruction we just please no like stop mm-hmm. but, yeah <laughs> Yeah, and I I think it's, you know, really interesting that the way the movie ends with that little last voiceover by um, Richard... Richard Madden. No, it's uh, Richard uh, Burton. There we go, sorry. Yeah, Richard Burton, you know, it's got Mm -hmm. that iconic voice, and he's telling, like, oh, this is, like, they were so decorated of the, like, 11,000 or whatever Victorian crosses that were ever given out. 11 of them went to these guys, like a tenth of them. But and it's showing them, and it's like, oh, this huge military honor. But the P, and it's like going through the list, it's saying this guy, this guy, this guy. And they're all fucking miserable. They're all like standing around, like patching up their dead comrades or like like holding a wound or just like looking out in the distance, looking depressed. And it's just like, yeah, you've you've got all these honors. And this this is this event, which is like kind of, you know, I think at the time was like this celebrated thing, but it's like, oh, yeah, we, it was this huge victory quote-unquote even though the movie makes clear that it wasn't and it's like yeah it is a very these these very hollow thing and it reminded me of like all the you know the vietnam veterans like Ariel talking about who you know got rid of their purple hearts and just it just it really it really hit me um emotionally and all of the the anti-war stuff in this movie just that runs through it and i think i i would love to see more stuff that is shows war so on such a scale where that also condemns it so well. Yeah, I think we're going to I I wouldn't be surprised if in the next couple of years we'll see more of that kind of narrative. I think there's mm-hmm. some instances of that kind of narrative like um I don't know if if all the king's men has some kind of but um there's some kind of instances I just can't think of them right now. But more directly told like this one was full metal jacket is of of that kind of commentary um now that specifically the afghani uh, middle eastern wars kind of come to uh end hopefully one um mm-hmm. but th- i think th- th- i think i think that there's a lot autobiographicals that that are books that are out that kind of like have this kind of narrative but but um definitely i'm i wouldn't be surprised if in if in recent in, in the next couple of years like we'll mm-hmm. get more movies kind of like of that hopefully I, yeah i really hope that we can return to the epic genre and get more films that are just shot on this this grand scale like this and with mm-hmm. you know cg and everything and like i don't know that that will happen but like i said there's there's a chance like napoleon's ridley scott could be like that you get some of maybe more of these like kind of old school quote unquote film directors who want to do that. Um, so you never know, but hopefully we get to see some more epics in the next couple of years because they've been yeah. gone. They've been really gone. Well, would you consider like the ones that like in recent history that are just like, coming to mind are like like Gladiator, 
would you consider gladiator like i would i think that was really the last of it right like like because i was talking about before that came out in 2000 you know i think Mm -hmm. that was the last that and maybe like lord of the rings were the last really big successful epics and then, you know, literally a year or two after that, you had the string, the string of ones that more or less killed the genre. Yeah, because I know, like, um, recently, like, yeah, another one that kind of, like, had failed was, like, The Heart of the Sea. It was the one, the one about, like, the true story of the Moby Dick. Yeah, Chris Hemsworth's so, in that, right? Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, so that's kind of, like, I know that there's, like, been some that, like, kind of, like, come in, like, I think another one with, um, Robert Pattinson was like the city of Z was kind of trying, trying to kind of like that, a journey kind of movie, you know, like it, mm-hmm. like an ep- yeah, like an epic story, not like an epic grand scale, but just the, I guess the epic story, the epic mm-hmm. as who, who originated the epic in the Greek. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. I will say, I think one of the things now that, oh, let me ask this first. Mm-hmm. What do you, and I guess to define an epic, do you guys think of it as it has to be like a war epic or like a grand scale where like a lot of construction, like, you know, like um, those old like Greek kind of epics or, or Roman epics where they have like they almost completely make a fucking Colosseum or they just make like half of it and it's fucking out there somewhere in the desert, bumfuck, wherever. Like, do you consider that or like Lord of the Rings were because uh, Lord of the Rings was predominantly like, you know, yeah, you see like New Zealand and everything. But yeah, the fight stuff, isn't that like kind of more like that the, they make practical kind of a oh, my God, what's what are they called? It's like miniatures, miniatures. Yeah, they're like miniatures. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. you know, they CGI stuff here and there. Yeah. Do you consider that? Mm-hmm. Or, yeah, and then, oh, sorry. I'm so sorry. Ariel. Because I was going to say, we kind of do have, because I think you might like this area, and I I wonder if you'll agree with me. I think I know what you're going with. Comic book films, where they're pretty epic in that sense where, you know, Avengers Endgame was, Mm -hmm. to me, I was like, I know listeners might be like, shut the fuck up, you know what we're talking about. But I thought, like, that was huge. Like, that was grand. Like, that was 10 years of films in the making. And that was fucking grand skill. You got to see all these superheroes and all these characters. And it was a fucking war. But would you consider that an epic? I guess, what, how do you define it? But yeah, go ahead, Ariel. I'm sorry. Oh, no. Another one that I was like kind of thinking, if we're thinking like on the lines of like Lord of the Rings, is um, I think what Derek was kind of thinking of like locational kind of thing. But one that might possibly like kind of have come close in recent history is like, what I would kind of consider is like an an epic in a way is like Dune. That's the one that I was thinking of. Mm. Um, put potentially the yeah, next. I agree. Yeah. I agree with that. Yeah, yeah. and I especially like, I, yeah, I think like the more I think about it, like Dune, definitely, and and um, is it Del? Is that's Dennis Villeneuve? Uh, Denny Denny Villeneuve. Yeah, Denny Villeneuve. I can never pronounce it. Dennis yeah. V for Vendetta, whatever his name is. <laughs> you know, the Mexican man. <laughs> but uh, that he, he, yeah, like those were like gigantic, like they shot in location in like Ireland and in the desert and stuff like that. And they, the shots themselves, I mean, it doesn't hurt with Hans Zimmer's music, uh, yeah. but the shots That'll themselves give you an epic feel. of 
that epicness yeah like yes the the San, you know the sandworm is is cgi but even the the depiction of that is like an epic that shot like i think that for me is like an epic when you get those like beautiful like shot long like we said with this movie like you know widescreen like it's just like a picturesque picturesque like you want to put it on your wall kind of thing mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. in recent history i think like dune has that kind of like those shots and stuff like that and yeah yeah like, so i mean yeah i think that honestly i hadn't thought of dune and to yeah kind of answer your question i think it is more of the second thing where it is you have these huge practice sets and miniatures and just you have just a thousand extras and just huge productions and shot in like i guess today would probably be like imax um would be the equivalent of it uh you know like a nolan thing or something i i I actually was thinking a lot about Endgame and whether or not that would qualify as an epic. I I don't think so, because I think it's only the end of that movie that is kind of that. It's Most of the movie is kind of like a like just a team, time heist and stuff, and a lot of that stuff, it's not... is a lot of CG and, and you know, the, there's a lot of the characters are... There, there's not a lot of extras and stuff like that. I'd say maybe even more Infinity War, the end of that feels more epic than... Like the yeah. final battle at the end of Infinity Four feels like it's more from an epic than than Endgame. I would I would say Dune definitely I think would maybe qualify. Although I think I I don't know how to answer like if I would consider something has to be kind of of a historical bent to feel epic or at least feel like that because you I think that is important. Like I don't think it's necessarily it's defining, but I think it has to have at least that feel. And I think maybe Dune does. Lord of the Rings, while it is fantasy. It has a very historical type feel. It has to feel like this is a sto- a great story from history that we're telling you. I think that is important, and that's a little more nebulous to define. Um, so, we'll I don't say know. that that the thing that Dune edges out with Lord of the Rings is like Dune actually wants makes me want to like know the history at least personally. Like I'm probably the, the other the, way around because I'm like, ooh, I, I got, well, I mean, yeah, I, yeah, uh, yeah. Like, um, for me, like with the Lord of the Rings, like is as a you get you get the sense of like the co- the current kind of feel of things. Whereas like Dune, for me, it's like there's so much that has happened, like all this history, political history, which like really awesome of a movie to like make me interested in like political history. But but yeah, like um, I don't know. I think just Dune just like hit me in the right way because like I just I just really love that movie. Yeah. <laughs> I do think, yeah, going off that, I think both, I would say this about both Dune and Lord of the Rings, is they have this feeling of this lived-in world with <laughs> such an epic history, yeah. you know, and with Dune, you feel like, okay, this has been so many thousands of years, and there's all these clans, they have all this history, and there's all this backstory, and I think Lord of the Rings is the same where it's like, there's all these kingdoms, and they've been fighting Mordor for so long, and these elves, this Galadriel's been, like, living for so long, and that's why, one of the reasons I've been, I just watched, they just premiered yesterday, um, when we're recording the the new Lord of the Rings show, and I've been like really into that because it's like, wow, this is this history that we've been hearing about because Tolkien wrote so much. Both Tolkien and of course um, Frank Herbert wrote all of this lore, and I I absolutely love the lore stuff, and that's definitely present in Marvel the MCU stuff, but it feels more like they are kind of while they're adapting comics and stuff like that. It's it's not like okay, here's the exact story. We're not no, like doing yeah, a one because- for one. 
because we've but also with marvel like we've essentially like gotten the beginning of the history like you know mm-hmm. yeah it, whereas, it doesn't like, feel with, as lived. it's like the regular yeah. world and mm-hmm. it doesn't feel like it has this lived in like lore and culture and history in the way yeah that these like, films well, yeah. do. Yeah, it's like Although we've, that's seen, what I will we've say. seen the history. That's yeah. essentially like we've lived the history in real time. Mm-hmm. Whereas it might be different if somebody like came and watched Infinity War, for example, mm-hmm. as their first Marvel movie, and then to have all this history that came before it, mm-hmm. kind of thing. Whereas like, I will yeah, say though, like, Black Panther like, does a good job of having that like history to this this kind of like this thing, and I think that does yeah, carry over yeah, into definitely. Infinity War. So I will give I will say that 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 part of it definitely has that same feel of a Lord of the Rings mm-hmm. or a Dune. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think though, too, we're, we're kind of in this new, I mean, filmmaking is always going to change. It's always going to evolve. Mm-hmm. So I feel like, yeah, we might not have like these, you know, maybe we don't have the resources or the capacity to have thousands of extras, which I, you know, I love, I love that shit. But at the same time though, I mean, with like computers evolving and, and we have all these absolutely amazing visual effects artists building these huge worlds like Dune, I feel like it, it, it's the epic has changed a little in, in, a, in a sense because back then, you know, when this film came out, it was a big production and, and, you know, it was trying to be huge. Like it was all about the spectacle and being as grand as and big as it can be. While like, you know, there's plenty of other films at the time that, weren't you know the the vast majority wasn't that nowadays the vast majority are blockbusters like huge fucking films like how ariel mentioned that there's like scenes shot in imax and they're fucking grand and big and it kind of reminded me of like the shot in uh, the 2013 godzilla where yeah it's not it's not an epic by any stretch of the imagination but there's some shots where i just go holy shit you feel that grandness. It's it's the first time they finally show Godzilla uh, at the Hawaii the Hawaiian airport, and they did this really great. It's one of my favorite shots because it gives that grandiose kind of feeling of a god walking on 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 Earth, where like you know that they're showing the Muto and the, everyone's screaming at the Muto, but when Godzilla shows up, it gets quiet and everybody sees him in awe, and then he does his iconic scrunk fucking thing. Scrionk. <laughs> but yeah, so I feel like nowadays it's a lot easier in an aspect to make epics in a sense, but I don't think they're, cons- they wouldn't, I don't know if they, I want to say they're, I, I want to consider them like these old ones, but at the same time, it's, I feel like it's a natural evolution because I'm pretty sure if you show people from that time, you know, let's say, you know, some people, you know, didn't, live long enough to, to get to the age where we are now with films or even some of the actors, you'd show them some of these fucking huge films. Like even I would even go as far as saying like Mad Max Fury Fury Road is yeah. almost like an it's huge. It's lived yeah. in. And, and, and like that film, albeit, you know, it was filmed on location. There was a lot of CGI for a lot of like mountain stuff and terrain. And, and I was fooled. I, I legit thought that's how some of the parts of the world looked. obviously not the big fucking mountain with the water spouting out. Yeah. That's CG. But even that, that felt like a lived in world. So I guess, I guess yeah, no, I, I think was, that, yeah. that would be an epic. Yeah. Honestly, 
you know, maybe it's just the historical epics that have kind of disappeared, and they're, they're, yeah, like, because that, I mean, but it's also George Miller, like, he's, he's like, he's like a fucking mad genius, and he can make shit like that, um, so he is, yeah, probably still the exception. True, yeah. true. Yeah, I think, well, I think there's, like, I think the, for me, and I have, I've thought about this a bit for, but just the overall genre of historical fiction or even like you know historical nonfiction has kind of been in a lull in recent history because i think we had an oversaturation of it about like maybe a uh, like not even a decade ago like or i feel like that at like 10 years ago i think we had like kind of like an oversaturation of like not even epics but just historical stories you know and mm-hmm. i feel like now it's kind of like becoming a lull like even you know, with biopics and stuff like that, it's it just feels like there's like a saturation in in the you know cinema market right now for these um, biopics. In at least in my opinion, I think that that's why it kind of is contributing to like why they're not doing so well in the box office. I know that. Um, well, Elvis did okay, yeah, but I mean, I know that they probably were expecting more, especially from the Boz Lerman movie. Well, um, yeah, Elvis was interesting because yeah. it had a weak opening, but it did really well. Like, it had really, really good legs. So that's kind of yeah. like when we had Phil Iskovan a couple weeks ago. Like, you can't, we talked about how you can't tell the whole story of a movie's success just from its opening weekend. Um, and I think Elvis really helped prove that. Yeah, yeah. But I think that, like, that might contribute to why historical epics aren't happening as mm-hmm. much nowadays just because like besides the like like you said like with the that run of movies like they came out back to back to back almost so it kind of like feels like i know that that you know movies and cinema like they go through ebbs and flows and stuff like that and um i think historical movies in particular always have like have an ebb and flow in in cinema history yeah i I agree with that absolutely i feel like yeah maybe it's just the historical epic might just be kind of dormant for right now i feel like like ariel said it it comes and goes you know and and also too cinema's always had it's like oversaturation of a lot of things like yeah the, you know the ep- historical mm-hmm. epic and then there was like westerns up the ass and then over time now you know in the past 30 years you know now it's comic book films and mm-hmm. there were zombie films and zombie shows and everything everywhere like just some that's that's like the double-edged sword of like hollywood is that what once there's something that catches the attention of the masses that everybody loves it kind of gets oversaturated so like you know as much as i love the comic book films you know they're they are everywhere that's the world mm-hmm. we live in now where it's that and then i know like in the 2000s it was fucking zombies everywhere until like walking dead and everything and it was just like okay i'm over I, I got over that shit and then you know there's always something but what the the beautiful part about it is that there's going to be something new that's going to come down the line where you know i hope comic book films don't like absolutely die you know i know there's going to be a time where they're going to slow down but there's going to be that new thing that comes later on where you know that's gonna break the mold and, and change everything yeah. yeah yeah definitely yeah i would say though that like with historical stories and self they found i think a little bit more newer home in um television specifically like that's true series. 
That's very um, true. There are a lot of those kind of epic, quote unquote, miniseries, these like long stretches like, all right, we're going to tell the whole story of this historical event and dive into all the lives of the real people. So like, you know, we talked about how Troy was one of the last big epics on film. And then just however many years ago we had like the Troy miniseries. So, yeah. 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 Specifically, people nowadays are into, myself included, but not into like the the documentary true crimes, but like the true crime like miniseries. I love them. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I agree. I love the fuck out of those things. They're they're great. I mean, I feel like that's kind of its own thing now. I feel like now oh, true yeah. crime docu series are like are are thriving on like you know streaming mm-hmm. services and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or to like, the point you know, where they get parodied with like American, uh, is American Graffiti? American what Vandal. I fucking American love Vandal. American Vandal. Oh, yeah. God yeah. damn it, that's a great show. Uh huh. But yeah, like you were saying, like it's, it's. I think it's one of the ones that kicked it off. It's going to be one we're going to be talking about on Gateway episodes. Uh, is Band of Brothers, you know? And then you have yeah. the Pacific, and you have all these kind of like yeah, big historical, yeah, uh, epic miniseries. Yeah, that ha- uh, we'll talk about it more in that episode, but that has like a history to it mm-hmm. and just the production wise of yeah. how that came to be, which is like a really interesting thing. All right, guys. Well, if you, unless you have any more thoughts on epics or Zulu, I have I have a question because we are ending the vintage collection here. What is if you have one or two, what is your favorite old movie, your favorite pre 1970s movie? Uh, I I have a lot to to answer. Just like, just kind of like cat category wise, like my favorite, like my favorite Gene Kelly movies or or um, Judy Garland movies. Like I love Summerstock. I love um, Singing in the Rain, Fred Astaire. We have like a Easter Parade, Holiday Inn. Then then you go to Bing Crosby with White Christmas or or um or something like that then like i goodness i have like a lot of old movies that i love um a family one that that's very close to our hearts is like the scarlet pumpernickel i mean i said like, one or two you already gave me like eight i think you're good i think you, yeah. you got a lot of good because well, I'm, I'm not even hitting my like top ones i'm trying <laughs> to think of them yeah i feel like i'm not as well versed into like those older films like Ariel is. Uh, yeah, Ariel's the expert on that for sure. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure her her expertise. For me, I I haven't seen a lot. Unfortunately, I know it's kind of really bad of me as a film podcaster and film enthusiast. But I just I liked I guess more contemporary, more like, you know, seventies and on mm-hmm. until now. But I mean, I'm gonna have to cheese it and I really really like wizard of oz i think it's a fucking mm-hmm. stunning film like if i ever watch it i'm always blown away at how fucking great it is and mm-hmm. i and and the film itself the production and everything has its own lore mm-hmm. in general all these like secrets and everything if you have shutter go on uh go watch curse films they have an episode about wizard of oz that's fucking fascinating and amazing about it but yeah, I I just you know if anything, I'm shocked when someone you know I'm shocked when someone hasn't seen that one at least that yeah. one that one's just it's fucking just incredible like it's just it blows my mind everything they did for that film of the time like it's just it, it's an epic in its own right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
I think for me, um, you know, I'm like, like I said, I'm in the same boat as Alan where I am trying, I am really trying to get into a lot of more old stuff, a lot of older films. And I've been trying to do that the last couple of years, watching a lot of the greats. And now with this, trying to watch some of the ones that are a little less well known. But I've mentioned before my, my love for Brief Encounter. It's absolutely in my top 10 movies of all time. But then really anything by Billy Wilder, I think. I think he is an absolute genius. Like one of probably the, maybe if not in the top two, like maybe the best screenwriter of all time. Um, and also really, really great director. So um, I'd say maybe The Apartment, um, if I had to choose one of his. Although, um, I'll probably also throw in Sunset Boulevard and Double Den Duty too. But yeah. So, which which one is the one, like, right now the question, like, immediate, like right right when you get asked that question, which one just pops in your head right away? Like, what's the very first one that you're like, yes, that one? Well, one that I want to watch right, right now is Summerstock. Like, I just... Summerstock? Yeah, I just love that movie. I mean, uh, Judy Garland... Gene Kelly, just such an amazing movie. Like, uh, I, I like I. My goal in life is to reenact the final. Like, well, it's not the final one. It's the one that opens up the show, of um, of the show that they put on at the end of Judy Garland in that that black suit with the short, but she's wearing shorts and like with the pink background just like such an iconic shot i, I actually I, never seen that so maybe we have to do that for you've never seen yeah so I, we would have to do that because like i i've never you know i know who judy it garland is, is it is yeah. a, it is actually a very it's a very modern m- movie like in mm-hmm. in the sense of like it, it takes place in like americana at that time of like 60s i think mm-hmm. early 60s not not yeah um very funny movie love it yeah nice mm-hmm and speaking well, of like, oh, sorry, one last question. And speaking of like war epics, I actually have not really seen a lot of war films, to be honest. Like, I feel like, like this is one of the could maybe like a handful I've seen. But what are you guys is like? Because because Ariel dropped a lot of like big ones. Like I've never seen Full Metal Jacket or um, Apocalypse Now. So like, what are you guys go to? I I. I like Apocalypse Now because I really like the history of, like, Heart of Darkness. I love the, like, it's just Apocalypse Now is such an insane movie that was made. I mean, just messing up my, my Martin Sheen, unfortunately, that whole thing. But just that whole, the whole background of that. And, like, um, I I love, we read Heart of Darkness in school and then watched Apocalypse Now. And like it, it's just like a such an iconic movie. You know, that's the one. Like I, I love the smell of napalm in the morning, and all that. Oh, war movie. Um, goodness, like it's always like we put me on the spot because I do <laughs> really love a war movie, especially World War Two. Like, um, we'll talk about it like in the episode, but like Band of Brothers is like one of my favorite television series of all time um and pretty good yeah but yeah like uh damn i can't think of any war movie right now what about you Derek? <laughs> uh i mean lawrence of arabia is obviously like fucking iconic um bridge on the river Kwai. those are both kind of these older epics 
I haven't rewatched it in a while, so I don't know how it hold up. But Glory, I I like Glory's a, a good lot. One. Mm-hmm. Glory's really good. Sad. Um, yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a very sad movie. Um, I actually kind of gravitate more towards like World War One films a lot more than World War Two. Uh, I think it's it's really kind of interesting. Saving Private Ryan, World War Two, Saving Private Ryan is iconic. Um, but all another Spielberg that I think is people don't love it, but I really do is War Horse. I think that's a really just kind of beautiful, sad film uh, that you wouldn't see really that often. A story like that, probably those ones off the top of my head. Those ones. You know what? I actually lied. I have seen about nine war movies, and they. It's like my favorite, so I don't even know how. You guys probably haven't heard of them, but they take place in... It's Wars in the Stars, but <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, it, I, they, they, I, can't, I can't remember them right now, but mm. yeah, I, I, they're not about World War II, but they, they, they're definitely, you know, these little, small little mm-hmm. science fiction-y war films, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know how they're doing. Maybe maybe they'll be popular one day, but yeah. we'll see. I think they, they, you know, they're just making TV shows out of them now. They're not too popular. Yeah, but they're yeah. no biggie. But yeah. yeah. Oh, fucking Dunkirk! <laughs> I forgot about Dunkirk. Dunkirk is great. Dunkirk's too. Oh my yeah. gosh, I I'm on a Karen uh a Killian Murphy kick. His character in that man always <laughs> destroys me. He's in it. Oh yeah, Dunkirk. Yeah. Oh, shit. You gotta watch Dunkirk, man. He's it's in every like every Christopher Nolan movie. Yeah, almost. Which is like makes me so happy that he's finally getting his leading role Fuck in yeah. Oppenheimer. I'm so excited for that movie. Like, yeah. I honestly just want to see it because of him. Like, I, mm-hmm. I know about like the whole Oppenheimer stuff. Yeah, you know, uh, it's. I just finished. Even... Yeah, I just finished Peaky Blinders, and fuck, I oh that ending. I need to Such... go back and watch it. Love yeah. it. There is, there is right now. There is a bunch of film fans who are fucking yeah, shouting, "Come and see at us right now!" But I've, I, I, yeah, I've heard good things about it. Yeah, yeah. that's a fi- that's just the most film broy war movie I could think of. And I'm just everyone's just yelling like, "Come and see! It's a masterpiece!" Come and see. Yeah, it's a new, it's, new. It's like a pretty new movie. No, nah, it's yeah. from like it's '85. Well, Come I guess it's new compared. To, yeah. Really? I thought it was like recent. No, nah, no, nah, it's it's from '85. It's I think it's from the Soviet Union. Somebody's gonna be really mad at me for not knowing, but yeah, it's it's oh, one of those movies where yeah, it's one of those movies where like the director just like basically literally tortured his actors and stuff like that. But yeah, um, thank you guys for for talking about this, all these old movies, and introducing me all this stuff, and letting me introduce at least you, Alan, and reintroduce you, Ariel, and myself a little bit to Zulu, and kind of delve into this this different side of the movies that we never really get to talk about on the show. I had a really, really good time with it. But yeah, we have a whole back catalog of other episodes. If you guys have liked this, got that. Um, we have a few other shows. Ariel has her show, as we mentioned, uh, You've Never Seen, where she introduces someone to a movie that we really should have seen by this point, whether it's a pop culture classic or just kind of a, you know, an iconic, one of the best movies of all time. I also have my Gateway episode show, which will be coming back soon, where we uh, cover TV, looking through the lens of a single episode. And then I have Infinity Stones and Dragon Bones uh, on the MCU, as well as I do a co-host a podcast with my friend Damien called Can I Say Something, where we kind of just talk about more recent film stuff and happenings. 
Definitely check us out. If you guys have liked us, we've got all our social medias. Just look up Undercast Company. We've got our Discord. We have really great discussions there. And if you want, you can sign up for our Patreon for as little as a dollar a month. Get access to episodes early sometimes. You get access to bonus episodes. Um, and once we hit a certain goal with that, that's when I'll start going ahead and releasing uh, season two of Gateway episodes. We're actually very close. So we just need a couple more people to sign up for um, the Patreon at as little as a dollar a month. Um, and that really helps the show so much. Um, if you guys can do that, uh, it really makes the biggest difference. But also just listening, it, it means it means a lot. Coming from the heart, like, like thank, if you guys are hearing this right now, I really appreciate each and every one of you. I just wanted to say that. Same here. I really appreciate it. And I love that we're getting a little bit of, like, conversations going on in the Discord. It's a lot of fun. You know, sometimes I try and chime in. I, I, I don't get a chance because I'm at work. But I love hearing everybody talking about it. Again, you know, big shout out to, to Derek's um, uh, buddy Damien because he, he, he helped me pick one of my movies for this uh, miniseries. So please throw stuff out there. Please talk with us. You know, we, we, we'd love to hear whatever you guys have to say. And just even in general, just, you know, what movies have you guys seen? And like, um, I kind of like how like Derek and Ariel, I think sometimes you guys ask questions. I, I kind of want to throw out questions too, just for fun, just to spark conversation. So if you guys like that, doing that on a Discord or like Twitter or anything, just let us know. We, we'd love to hear from you guys. And I am 1000% appreciative of you guys listening to us because uh, I, I, I feel like we love what we do and we love talking about our film and I don't think we'll ever get tired of it. So thank you. Yeah, thank you very much for all your patronage and and your support and uh, your feedback too as well i just thought of one more film that covers both um war and old movie of uh, the best best years of our lives that's, that's been on my list for so long i need to watch it's, that it's a really good one yeah i know it's a it's a stone cold classic and i need mm-hmm. to watch it but yeah thank you everyone for listening and i'll uh, see you next time thanks for being amazing everybody take it easy everybody Christmas in Connecticut also.